Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the blessing and gift of this day. Thank you for this other chance, Lord, you've given us to worship you this morning, to study your word, to encounter you, Lord God, and to be transformed by you. Thank you for the rain which is falling from the sky, Lord God. We pray that your spirit would descend upon us like the rains as well. Wash us clean, Lord. Strengthen us to do your will, Lord, and fill us with your peace and your hope. Lord, speak to us this morning, and we pray that you would give us your words to proclaim uh, your grace and your mercy and your love in this world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning! It is great to see you all today. Well, in the midst of my travels, I've when I was a year old, I traveled to Asia, right? So kind of I grew up traveling a lot around the world. I have yet to encounter a group of people who don't like to party, right? It's one of those real important themes, isn't it? Have you met one? I mean, maybe somewhere out in like the deepest, darkest jungle, there is a tribe of party poopers, right, who don't like to get together and eat things and celebrate. But I haven't met them yet. Have you? No, I even did a Google search and didn't find any reference. So, I mean, it must not exist if Google doesn't show up anything. It must not be there. Um, It's a human thing. It's a human thing that we like to celebrate. We like to enjoy events in life and to mark them with feasts and celebrations. Uh, Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, harvest, Christmas, Easter, changes in the lunar cycle, hurricanes, retirement. These are all events that people do celebrate for. Right? They have parties for all these kind of things. They get together and they, they don't always do good stuff, but they get together and have fun, right? People will come together and rejoice over almost anything. That's just how it is in human nature. That's what groups of people do. They celebrate. And Judaism had celebration written into its law. Right? God required that every Jewish man was to come to Jerusalem several times a year for the big feasts. Right? He planned parties into their uh, annual cycle. That's pretty cool, huh? Right? Well, I'd love to be at work today, but I've got a required party I have to be at. <laughs> right? It's going to last all week. Hey, that's pretty cool, right? God knew that people liked to party, and so he wrote it into their worship. But in our, past, our Old Testament passage for today, the people of Israel at the time of Isaiah were not in party mood. Right? They were not in party mood. Uh, and because Israel had been divided into two kingdoms, right? The northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom, called Israel, had been taken into exile by the Assyrians. Right? So they were gone. So all those folks, all the neighbors, had gotten taken away. And at first, I'm sure the southern kingdom thought, like, yes! Right? But then the Assyrians started breathing down their neck. And so they thought, no! Right? No! This is a real bummer. And so, uh, and ultimate, and then Isaiah had also prophesied that judgment was coming too to the southern kingdom. Judgment was coming too. And you will see later on um, in the book of Isaiah when they are exiled, the southern kingdom is taken into Babylon, which is really a bummer for them. So the nation was faced with all kinds of challenges. All kinds of difficulties were being presented to this southern kingdom, this little bit of land surrounded by people who hated them. 
In addition to that political situation, there were all the normal kinds of challenges for people living in the 8th century BC. Spotty cell coverage, <laughs> right? Difficult to find gas stations. Um, giving birth to a child was dangerous. Uh, work was often backbreaking. Droughts and famines couldn't be prevented against or planned for. Uh, medical care was sparse, and if you got it, you probably didn't want it, right? Because they did all kinds of horrible things to you to try and cure you. Life was short and difficult and violent. Otherwise, there were a lot of upsides to living in the 8th century BC, right? Um, for one of them, you didn't need to worry about a pension, right? And you didn't need to worry about affording a retirement home or any of that kind of stuff because the average lifespan was 30 years. Right, so I've already expired. I'm already eight, nine years past my expiration date. Right, it's amazing. That was how long people lived back then. People in this time daily faced their mortality because death surrounded them. They saw loved ones die frequently and not off in some distant sterile hospital, but in their home. They were in the midst of death. When faced with this death, where could they turn where could they find hope? What was there to look forward to in life? This was the situation of the Jews in Judea, surrounded by enemies beyond their borders, surrounded by death within. Cheerful, isn't it? You see why they weren't in party mood, right? In America, we do a lot to attempt to isolate ourselves from death, don't we? Right? We build sparkly hospitals with single rooms, so that we don't have to even see the other person in your hospital room suffering, right? And they don't see you suffering. We, don't, we like to suffer alone, don't we, in many ways? Um, we build retirement communities where people can age without other people even noticing, right? It's a sad, one of the sad realities of this is that we worship youth, and it is terrifying for us to see age and death. Right? That's terrifying for us. Because we don't know what to do with that because we've built such a cult around youth that how do we deal with death? How do we deal with it? We have no answer for it in our world today. And it is tragic. Even our food, we don't see dead. Right? You go to the grocery store and your chicken is in a blister pack, right? You've got nicely um, prepared like chicken thighs. Like maybe a spot of blood, maybe in a joint or something like that. But basically there's no hint that it ever was a creature. Right? But, but do chickens grow like that? Like in packages? No, they don't really grow like that. They're actually a living creature that then dies. And most of us go through life without ever seeing dead animals, right? Or a dead person. Many of us can go through most of our life without ever seeing that. We try to isolate ourselves from death. And our lives might, be, might last longer, but can we escape death? Can we evade it? No, you can't. You can't evade it. Near this time of, uh, near this time of year, two years ago, my father-in-law died from falling and hitting his head on the floor of his garage, and then he had a bleed in his brain and died. Um, last year at this time, my aunt died from cancer. Two weeks ago... My dad was nearly killed when a man hit him on the head with an iron pipe and he was mugged in Uganda. 
right? Can you get away from death? And those are just three accounts in my little life, right? Your lives have similar things that have taken place. People you care about deeply have died. People you love, have, you've been separated from them by death. There is no getting around it, is there? Death is so close to it, to us, and yet we try so hard to keep it away, but it's still there. Right? It's like that old adage, right? If a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, doesn't make a noise, right? If someone dies and you're not there to see it, do they still die? Yes. We might have separated ourselves from death, but death is still there. And in many ways, we're not really living because we're not seeing death. Doesn't Seeing death allows us to appreciate life in many ways, doesn't it? Allows us to see the great privilege and gift it is to be alive. So Isaiah speaks to what we do in the face of this loss, this loss of loved ones, this loss of life. He speaks to us about where we find our hope. As he was speaking to Israel thousands of years ago, so he speaks to us today. Because he was looking toward the hope of restoration when he spoke about a heavenly banquet, when all those who were God's people were brought back to him. He says, On this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wine strained clear. Anyone want to be there? That sounds good, right? That's a marketing plan right there, right? That sounds like a feast you want to be at. He uses this theme of a banquet because it's an important theme. Banquets were times to gather, times to celebrate, times to remember, and times to be nourished. Times of plenty. That God would use this language of feast and celebration to describe the heavenly reunion of all who are in Christ speaks to his depth of knowledge of us. He knows we celebrate with food and merriment. He created us to be that way. But this is not just any old party. No, apparently, according to Isaiah, God will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces, and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. This is the joy that all those who believe in the name of Jesus Christ look forward to, to restoration and resurrection. This is what All Saints Day looks forward to. It is that time when the pall of death is destroyed and death is swallowed up forever. The swallowing up of death did not happen because humans suddenly found a cure to death, right? It didn't happen because we built better and better hospitals and trained our doctors in more and more specialties and eventually developed drugs that help us live forever, right? That's not what took place. And it didn't take place because we got better and better as people and suddenly we just got rid of all our brokenness and we were just perfect all the time, right? This swallowing up of death does not come from us. It comes from God. 
Jesus Christ took our flesh upon himself, came and dwelt on this earth, perfect, sinless, righteous, and then on the cross took our death upon himself, swallowed up that death, and when he died, that death died as well, along with our judgment for our sin, along with any condemnation of us, it all died. But Jesus Christ was resurrected on the third day, but death was not. Death stayed dead, and Jesus is alive. Because of that, he offers us the opportunity to be reconciled to him, to be reconciled to him through faith. Our response when we are faced with such great foes and adversaries around us is faith. That is all that we can do. We can't fight it with our fists and weapons. We can't fight it with our minds and our strength. The only thing we can do when we look in the face of death is believe. Believe in the one who conquered death forever. Believe that he is our hope, he is our sustenance, that he is our strength, and that he is our deliverer. Today, may we put our faith in him. May we give up our efforts to try to save ourselves and allow Jesus Christ to be our Savior. Because that, my friends, is how we become saints of God and how we are given a place at the table at his heavenly banquet. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are the God who saves. You are the God who redeems. Lord, we confess to you that so often we try to save ourselves. We try to justify ourselves to you and prove how worthy of saving we are. Lord, we confess to you our pride. We confess to you the ways that we have fallen short of what you have called us to, Lord. The ways we have hurt others, ways we have hurt ourselves, Lord, and the ways we have sinned against you. Lord, we repent of those things. We lay them at the foot of your cross and ask that those things would be taken from us. Give us the strength, Lord God, to not pick them up again, and may we be forgiven of them. And Lord, may you wrap us in the cloak of your righteousness and send us out into this world to proclaim your goodness, your mercy, and your love and your hope so that others might receive you as well. Help us to believe, Lord. Help us to have faith. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.